right, here we are, episode 12 of the Bomber Brothers podcast, and the stakes have never been higher. Sean and Ryan here with you, and the wild card game is upon us. We have a starting pitcher, we have a couple of guests to talk and break down the wild card game. Tyler Norton of Pinstripe Alley will break things down from the Yankee side. Alex Hall of Athletics Nation will talk about things about the left coast. And uh, so, Sean, we've got plenty of... uh, insight on this podcast plenty of emotion i'm sure how you feeling with uh the game just uh about 23 hours away as we sit here recording on tuesday night i'm scared <laughs> i'm I, as as a yankees enthusiast i would say that i'm way more nervous than i was last year i mean you know t- 2017 you're talking about facing a twins team that the Yankees have owned for the past 16 years, and that didn't change much in 2017. Although they did lose a series to the Twins at, at home in 2017, but that didn't really seem to matter. They were facing Irvin Santana, who scares nobody. Um, but this A's, this is a scary A's team. Now, they won 97 games for a reason. They've been one of the hottest teams in the league since June. And um, so... Luis Severino, who was named the wild card starter earlier today, he's going to have to be at his best, certainly going to have to be a night and day difference from what he was the last time he was pitching in a wild card game. Right, and and I mean, that's something, too, last year with Severino going into the wild card game. um, I believe he pitched very well against the Twins in in his one start against the Twins in September, and and we thought, okay, we'll get more of the same, and then he got lit up. So that's not something I'd buy too much into, obviously. Uh, Him and Sanchez were not on the same page that night. Um, And and that's almost a throwaway game for me because I think Severino has become a completely different pitcher uh, in in his last three starts compared to the one he was in that game. I would agree, and and there's a lot – there was a lot of blowback on social media when Severino was announced as a starter because it seemed like, based on fan reaction that I was looking at, it seemed like the majority was in favor of, of Hap. I didn't see too many people clamoring for Tanaka, but Hap seemed like the guy that they wanted on the mound. But, you know, if you look at the pitchers, Severino, out of the three, has the most upside. And and David Adler, a reporter for MLB.com, he absolutely, I think, nailed it in terms of um, why the Yankees got it right going with Severino. He wrote an article uh, not too long ago. Everyone should go check out on MLB.com, just breaking down the A's as a team and their weighted OBA against fastballs over 97 miles an hour. It's third worst in the league, and no one in the Yankees' rotation throws harder than Severino. No one in the league throws harder than Severino in terms of average fastball velocity for a starting pitcher so uh, I'm sure that factored into Boone's decision Hap you know he throws a good amount of fastballs but the velocity is is not where Severino's is and Tanaka literally doesn't throw fastballs at all he's I think last in the league in fastball percentage so it's going to come down to Severino not just throwing gas but controlling that gas and having some command inside the zone and it's it's still a tall order I mean this A's team can hit the third most home runs in the league this year so it's it's going to be a, a, a tall ask but I, I I'm okay with the decision to give Sevy the ball yeah I agree even including that that start Severino had in Oakland uh, which was you know god awful and his last seven starts uh, he's been much better at keeping the ball in the yard with a 0.49 home run per nine rate and a strikeout rate of 30 uh, percent 
So uh, up for nine, sorry. Uh, so that's that's good. Um, and, and his last three starts, he's definitely shown better stuff. That slider has its bite back. He seems to be controlling the fastball. Um, I know he got hit a little bit in that game in Tampa when we were recording last week, but he did settle down. Um, he really only had that one rough third. Yeah. Inning, but other than that, he looked great. Yeah. And, um, you know what? I, I, I kind of forced myself to, you know, last week I know I said, I really don't know what I would do and, and I wouldn't flip about anything. And then once Tanaka had the bad start, I kind of eliminated him in my mind. And I, I thought they would decide between Hap and, um, and Severino. And, and, and I said, either one, I wouldn't be upset about, I was leaning towards Hap, but I, I understand Severino and I can't argue with it. Um, it's not, if Severino gets bombed, uh, tomorrow night, and I, I hope that doesn't happen, I won't be on here Thursday killing, killing Boom for it. Cause I, I think it's, I don't, th- I think he had two choices and neither were going to be a wrong choice, uh, in, you know, uh, until you look back on it. And then of course, if it doesn't work out, we say it's a wrong choice, but right now we don't have that kind of, you know, hindsight. Yeah. Well, I can promise you that plenty of other Yankee fans will come and clamor that it was the wrong choice should Severino struggle tomorrow night. But I'm with you. It's It was a decision where I wasn't going to be particularly angry about Hap or Severino. So what's interesting to think about is I personally think one of the reasons Hap was brought to New York in a trade was because of his success against Boston. And I think also think that possibly could have played another role in this decision. Do you think maybe Boone was... It's never good to do, and he'll never say he did it, but do you think Boone was maybe looking ahead saying, okay, I believe we can win with Severino, and if we do and I don't use Hap, I now have him for two starts in the ALDS against a Red Sox team that he has been really good against in his career, especially this season. He looked great against them in his most recent start over the weekend. So do you think maybe Boone was uh, trying to do a little bit of forward thinking? Well, I kind of I know there's two schools of thought there. One is that you have to win this game no matter what, so you want to give yourself the best chance to win this game where your season's over. But I also think that the Yankees' main goal is not to play in the division series. Their main goal is to win the World Series. And in order to win the World Series, you not only need to win this game, but you also need to win the next round. And having Jay Happ for two games in the next round against Boston gives them the best chance to beat Boston. So I think he's kind of... Uh, maybe hedging that bet a little bit and, and setting the Yankees up for a path where if if they win this wild card game, they would have a path to get to the ALCS by having Hap for two starts at Fenway. Um, whereas if Hap goes in game one, then I mean, in the wild card game, then then you don't have that option. And, and Hap is more suited for for a, for a series because he's a pitcher that can go uh, deeper into the game. Severino tomorrow can let his stuff play up. Uh, he knows he only has to pitch four innings and, and hand it over to the bullpen. He even said so in his press conference that he's not concerned with how DP goes. He just wants to make sure the team wins. So um, we'll see. Hey, he doesn't have to go deep. I would prefer him to go deeper than he did in last year's wild card game. But again, just uh, just four innings would probably do the trick. Uh, you know that that kind of brings me to another minor concern I have thinking about how this wild card game could play out. And of course. No matter how your pitchers are performing of late, the A's offense is still dangerous enough to steal a road win in a one-game playoff. There's just, you know, there's we're gonna have predictions on this episode, but really it's it's one game, it's baseball, so any kind of crazy randomness can happen. But I think to last year's wild card game and Severino 
was not good. Chad Green had to come on in the first inning, and he was one of the unsung heroes of that game, getting two big strikeouts to keep it at 3 nothing, which the Yankees immediately tied the game. But the bullpen was just so dominant that that game, and it was something you kind of expected because Chad Green was unhittable last season, especially leading up to the playoffs. David Robertson was, was great. Tommy Canely had really settled in. The bullpen, although it's been one of the best in baseball and one of the deepest in baseball, it hasn't had that same feel leading up to the postseason as it did last year. You have you know health questions with, with Chapman. Britain seems to be getting better, but he lost his control again uh, on Friday against the Red Sox. And you have, you know, Canely's gone. Chad Green has been sharp. He's been good. He hasn't been his version of last year, which I think would have been unfair to assume he would be. But still, what I'm getting at is the bullpen, while it's deep, doesn't have the same feeling it did heading into the last year's postseason. And now they're taking on an A's team that has a bullpen that's arguably can be just as good. Right. And I think one of the things about the Yankees bullpen that concerns you is that this year, most of the guys have struggled in that second inning of work. And in the wild card game last year, we saw Green go multiple innings, Canley uh, go multiple innings, and Robertson go multiple innings. Um, Robertson, I think, went over three innings, right? Three and a third um, with one amazing reaction mixed in. This year, the Yankees have struggled. Uh, Yankee relievers have struggled in the second inning of their relief appearances. So that's something that if Severino gets knocked out early, you're really going to have to manage that that pretty closely. Uh, that being said, I'm not really overly concerned with Britain's control. It was a non-safe situation. A lot of guys do have trouble when they come into to non-safe situations. Even Mariano would have, have issues uh, in, in non-safe situations. And, and Ch- Chapman, while the health is a concern, I think if you leave him for one inning, he, he's looked really good um, in, his, in his last couple appearances. So I, I have more faith in our bullpen uh, than I do in the athletics bullpen. Um, I would gladly face Familia in the postseason. We've seen him have trouble in big spots throughout speaking his of, career. Speaking of control problems, yep. And um, sign me up for the Fernando Rodney experience. I will be there um, for him in, a, in the postseason. And, and, you know, as long as we, uh, you know, the, uh, it's it's funny that, uh, what's his name? Uh I think it was his name. Sean Kelly has become such a such a big part. <laughs> um, he's been throwing the ball really well. The Yankees have more of the big names. The A's have guys that have gotten the job done, and and I I think that the in the bullpen the Yankees actually do have the advantage, even with the concerns you raised, which are valid. I, I think I think they're valid, and I think they could play a major role. You, you look at the Athletics, and they are among I think they're second in baseball in terms of having the lowest chase percentage, so they don't go outside of the zone. So guys like Britton and Chapman, they're going to have to have their control down. Sometimes they could lose it at times, but like you said, the A's bullpen could do just the same. So it'll definitely be interesting to see, and the A's bullpen will start the game in the first inning. It'll be Liam Hendricks and um, some someone who was DFA'd in, I think, July, and then cleared waivers back with the A's, and now he's taking the ball to start the biggest game for the A's in, in four years. And, and you look at his numbers, he, he's been good of late. He's been their consistent starter in this bullpenning tactic that they've been um, implementing in, in Oakland. But something of encouragement, while, while the sample size is small, his his numbers in terms of opponent slugging percentage, weighted OBA, all that good stuff, it, it's uh, – 
more than double on the road than it is at home. So hopefully the Yankees could jump on Hendricks early and get out to a lead. And, and the A's bullpen, while they do have a 3-3-5 ERA this year, uh, in the last 14 games, it's up to a 4-7-8. Uh, and they're only, well, strikeouts per nine is 7.3, so that's pretty good. But they are allowing, um, you know, 4.78 ERA. I mean, over the last 15, that's also not not exactly a, a hot bullpen. Yeah, they were struggling a little bit. Uh, Lou Trevino specifically was having some problems. But, um, you know, we can, again, we can break down these numbers all we want. It's a one-game playoff, and literally anything can happen. And I think that's what scares fans the most is just the the fear of the unknown of how quickly one game could turn. This is not a series. If the Yankees were playing the A's in, in a series, I, I would feel incredibly confident, especially given the A's starting pitching staff, but that is not a weakness that comes into effect in a, in a one-game playoff. So um, you can throw that out the window if, if you're trying to find a silver lining for the Yankees. But, of course, there are silver linings for the Yankees. They won 100 games. They have one of the best offenses in baseball, and they're going to try to stay alive. They're going to try to keep this season going. And um, what do you say we uh, listen in on what Tyler Norton had to say about the Yankees and, and what they should do heading into this winner-take-all game? Uh, well, I didn't get to listen to it when it happened, so let's take a listen. All right, here's Tyler Norton. He's the managing editor of Pinstripe Alley, and we asked him a couple of things on what to expect when the Yankees take the field on Wednesday night, and here he is. We're joined now by Tyler Norton, managing editor of Pinstripe Alley, and, and my boss, I guess you could say. Tyler, thanks for uh, joining me. So obviously a huge game coming up. I'll have you complete this sentence, but just know the Yankees scoring more runs than the A's won't be an acceptable answer. But finish this sentence. The Yankees will win the wild card game if... The Yankees will win the wild card game if they score first. Solid. Now, Now the Yankees will lose the wild card game if... The Yankees are going to lose the wild card game. Oh, I hope it doesn't happen, but you know what? It's going to be that bridge in the middle inning. The Yankees have a tendency to give up the most runs in the fifth and sixth inning. And it's that gap between typically the starting pitcher and that elite bullpen where things can fall apart really quickly. So that bridge is going to be crucial for Aaron Boone to navigate around. How how do you think he should go about managing the bullpen with those middle relief guys like, you know, Chad Green or maybe even Jonathan Holder, although he's been a little shaky at times lately? Yeah, I think Aaron Boone has to have the quickest trigger finger that he has shown all season. Part of what has... Uh, been Aaron Boone's growing pains than leaving a pitcher in a little bit too long and in this one game playoff at the first sign of trouble he has to get the hook you can't think oh Severino if he's the starter or a holder or green can get out of this mess you can't let that happen because one bad pitch and the season's over so Aaron Boone's managing obviously going to be a huge part of determining this game if you had to pick you know the biggest x factor for this game in terms of the Yankees perspective would you consider it to be Boone's managing or something else that uh, maybe people aren't looking at definitely Boone's managing would probably be my number one 
maybe right underneath that 1B. Everybody's talking about the lineup, and it's having the lineup perform on this game day. The last couple of games, the offense has really clicked. They've scored a bunch of runs in a number of games. But it wasn't too long ago, you just think back, I believe it was September 23rd. Yes, actually, that's when it was. The Yankees are playing the Orioles. Alex Cobb is pitching. Four pitches he's out of the game. Blister issue. The Yankees then get three hits, three runs in that inning. And from the first inning after that, they get one hit the rest of the way. They end up losing that game. So there's that disappearing act in the offense. And you really hope that the bats just don't go cold. So you, you, it's kind of a nice segue into the next question, but what, what would your biggest concern be for the Yankees heading into the wild card game? Is it the bats going silent, or is it that you know that shaky bridge getting to the uh, Britons and Chapmans of the bullpen? Ooh, neither are good. You really don't <laughs> want either of those to happen. But when it comes down to it, you think the Yankees are built to outscore any pitching deficits. So I guess that's really the the key to the Yankees. If they give up some runs, you sort of think that with all the sluggers they have, they can get right back into it. So if you have to pick between the two bad options, you really don't want the bats to go cold. So how, you know, the, the Yankees fell into a deficit early in last year's wild card game and they were able to slug their way back and, and, and win yeah, that. But exactly. But, you know, how different of a challenge is it this year? You know, this is that was against a Twins team that the Yankees have dominated since, you know, any of us could could remember. But, you know, what kind of different challenges does a team like the A's face who have won 97 games this year? Yeah, you know, this is a powerhouse wild card game. The A's are a very formidable opponent. The pitching matchup as of right now, we're recording this on Monday night. It's up in the air. Are the A's going to use an opener? Is it going to be a bullpen game? This is some anecdotal experience when the Rays were using the openers. There were some challenges with the Yankees seeing a bunch of different pitchers couldn't quite get their timing in there. So you don't know if you're going to be facing a start traditional starting pitcher where you can work the counts, get them to make a mistake. You might just have a parade of really good relievers. The A's have a stacked bullpen. That would be a definitely a taller order to come from behind than it was last year. So I'm glad you mentioned the Rays and their bullpenning that gave the Yankees problems, but how important do you think it was you know, coming down the stretch of the season for the Yankees to take three of four at the Trop against the Rays and, and you know, get over that bullpenning hump, you could say? How big is that for their you know, confidence level going into a game when they're probably going to face something similar against the A's? Oh, that was huge. I mean, and that went a long way to securing home field advantage. If you don't take three out of four from the trap, who knows? The Yankees might be flying 3,000 miles out to Oakland to play that game on Wednesday. And plus, having some experience, being able to hit relievers, the parade of them, definitely going to be good because I have a feeling that's what we're going to be seeing on Wednesday. So now, now let's look at at the lineup, which feels like it's getting back to full strength, maybe just in time for for the playoffs. Is there anything specific that you would like to see in terms of how Boone puts the lineup together? In terms of you know certain hitters slotted somewhere, McCutcheon likely your leadoff hitter. How do you see the rest of the lineup shaking out? Yeah, definitely. 
definitely got to do McCutcheon at leadoff. He's been a revelation since coming over. That has to be one of the bigger, if not biggest, September trades the Yankees have ever made. That was huge. Then the question from there. I like the lineup that Aaron Boone ran out uh, last Friday. That was probably the best-looking one. And over, if we just take a quick look at it, You'd see you started off with McCutcheon, and then you ran out uh, Judge, Hicks, Stanton, Voight, number five. Him and Gregorius could go either way. And at the bottom of the lineup, my goodness, when the bottom of your lineup is Duhar, Sanchez, and Torres, that's the middle of another team's order. All season long, I was advocating for the Yankees to not overthink the lineup, to plug in those brute power hitters together to go judge Stanton Sanchez back-to-back and make a pitcher panic. But if you're not going to do that, and there are reasons why Aaron Boone has chosen not to, you can't go wrong with uh, last Friday's lineup. So a couple names you mentioned, Andujar, Sanchez, uh, you know, lineup-wise, that's mighty scary, but it's also scary in a negative way on the defensive side, you know, typically looking at Sanchez's uh, blocking problems and Andujar's glove over at third base. If if you're Boone and you get into these later innings and it's a close game, at what point would you, if you're Aaron Boone, maybe sacrifice Andujar's bat in the lineup to shore up the defense at the hot corner when in a game like this, one error could just basically end your season. You know, at that point, I do not envy Aaron Boone one bit. I would not want that job to be making that call. I really think it would depend on if it's a close game, where in the lineup the Yankees are. If Andujar is coming to bat the next inning, then you're probably going to want to keep him in because there is such a drop-off between and Duhar and a Neil Walker or an Adani Hachavaria. There's such a you really want Duhar's bat in that place. The same thing with Sanchez. One swing of the game one swing of the bat and the game is changed because of Sanchez's power. Romine, he's having a decent year, a lot of power on his end compared to his historical numbers. But given the choice between the two at the plate you got to give me Sanchez. All right, so now comes down to it. How do you see the game shaking out? Who wins, and who is your MVP on the winning side? It's going to be a game that gives me gray hair, <laughs> but I'm going to say Yankees. And you know what? Just because this is the way he's been playing, Luke Voigt has the game-winning home run. It's tough to argue with that. He's got a slugging percentage of about a thousand over the past couple of weeks, so I'd say that's a good pick. But um, but th- thanks for talking with me, and I'm sure we're all going to have plenty of gray hairs after this one. If last year's wild card game was any indication, I'm sure this one's probably going to be even more intense. You're not kidding, Ryan. Thank you for having me again. All right, thanks a lot. All right, thanks to Tyler Norton, uh, my my boss, I guess you could say, at, over at, at Pinstripe Alley. And something I really liked what he said, not just saying this to you know toot his horn and expect a raise or anything like that, but he said 
how the Yankees will win if they score first. And that was something we alluded to right before we played the interview is getting on Hendricks, who has, in a small sample size, shown that he's a little susceptible on the road and he's hittable on the road. So I'm thinking the Yankees scoring first is is hugely important for this game. Absolutely, and and especially a home game. And we saw what Yankee Stadium can do in the playoffs when everybody's hyped up at at the stadium last year. And I mean, it was a, the world champion Houston Astros could not wait to leave that stadium. And their players said as much. So if, if the Yankees can get ahead and get the crowd into it, um, I, I, th- I think you'll see the momentum really on the Yankee side. But if the, if the A's score first and get ahead, then they're going to start to believe. And, and I mean, it's funny cause they come in as this perceived underdog, even, even by Vegas standards, but they won three less games than the Yankees, and they've been the hottest team in baseball in the second half. So, but if they score first, they're gonna they're gonna be like, see, we belong here. Uh, this you know this is our stage. This is becoming our time. So they're gonna be hyped up and quiet the stadium down. So I think whoever scores first probably does win this game. I think that's valid. And the Yankees' record when scoring first this season has been phenomenal. They've been phenomenal at home, so getting that first run will be hugely important. And if they are to get that first run, and let's say they have a narrow lead in the in the later innings, what do you think of um, you know what Tyler said in terms of because of that defensive liability for Andujar, possibly bringing in a Hechevarria or a Neil Walker, shuffling the infield a little bit to eliminate that liability on the defensive end for Andujar. Of course, you can't do it until it's absolutely necessary because Andujar's bat is just far too valuable. But but do you take his bat out of the lineup in the late innings to shore up the defense, risking the fact that you just took out one of your best bats in what's already a really deep lineup? A narrow lead or a big lead? I would, I would take Andujar out late in the game once you get past his maybe sixth or seventh inning at bat. Um, this isn't a game you want to take chances in. Uh, Neil Walker is not the hitter that Andujar is, but he is a reliable bat. It's not like you're taking it out. And you could even put in Hechevarria and then pinch hit with Gardner or something um, if you need a uh, if you need a lefty bat. That's that's what's good about the one game playoff is because even though it's going to be likely bullpen heavy, you still don't need to carry so many pitchers. I think the Yankees are carrying 10 pitchers, including a couple starters, so you can you can have a deeper bench. You have Tyler Wade there as, as a pinch runner. You have they're carrying, excuse me, carrying three catchers, so all that is uh, good for the Yankees to have in terms of defense, and I also think that's that might have played a part in not picking Tanaka. I mean, as the starter, he did he did have a rough start. His um, last regular season start but he also induces a lot of ground balls and and the Yankees infield defensively is just it's not great it's it's stepped up for Tanaka last year even with guys like Starlin Castro in the infield but that's another concern would be the Yankees defense maybe giving a run or two up which could be the difference in a do or die game absolutely and and we've seen those innings where somebody makes an error pitcher walks a guy and then you get a three-run homer or you get some more craziness so that's why you have to shore that up as quickly as you can all right so now let's uh, let's go touch on the a's we'll see um what the quote-unquote enemy had to say we talked to alex hall another managing editor editor over at sb nation he handles athletics nation which you can see on sb nation's community of of blogs so here is alex hall on what to expect when the a's come to town 
We are joined now by Alex Hall. He's the managing editor of Athletics Nation on SB Nation, and you also can see some of his work in the San Francisco Examiner. Alex, thanks for coming on and coming to uh, into enemy territory, I guess you could say, and talking about the A's with us. Hey, it's just a road game, just like the players are going to have in a couple days. <laughs> so... You know, the A's, this is obviously a much different animal than the Yankees faced last year when they had the Twins. You know, the A's are a much better team, 97 wins this year. Aside from, you know, the obvious answer of their deep and efficient bullpen with trying and closing things out, what would you consider to be the A's biggest strength that can work well against a team like the Yankees in a one-game playoff? Uh, The A's... The, the engine driving this this season has been the lineup. It's been the offense. I mean, the the pitching held on, and the bullpen, you know, helps kind of uh, rise the tide on that a little bit. But the lineup is the thing that got them here. The the offense was top three or five in the entire major. It, it was pretty much right there with the Yankees' offense, really, uh, both in terms of, of power and, and and run scoring and just overall, you know, batting line. Uh, I mean, the Yankees ended up with obviously, you know more homers and set a record there. But the A's lineup is every bit as powerful as the Yankees, every bit as intimidating as the Yankees. Um, and, you know, in, in that part, there's a few guys who can, who can drop one into right, uh, into right field just like, uh, you know, any, any of the New York hitters. So I would say you're looking at a, at a possible slugfest here with two of the best lineups in the sport going against each other in one of the better hitters' parks in the sport. So I think something that we would all consider an advantage for the A's is that, like, the starting pitching staff, which is arguably their most glaring weakness, that's not necessarily something you have to deal with in a one-game playoff. So other than that, what would you consider to be, you know, a weakness that the A's might have that could get them in trouble on Wednesday night? Well, that's certainly the main one. In fact, not only is it not going to factor much into the game, it's not going to at all. They're just not going to use a starting pitcher. The word is that it's going to be a complete bullpen game. Uh, I would I would assume that means Liam Hendricks in the first inning, but uh, it, they're going to go just relievers the whole way, which actually is, is similar to, I think, what the Yankees did last year, right? Uh, Severino got knocked out pretty quick. And uh, worked, worked, uh, you know worked for New York then, but I would I would – the, the word is that we're just not even going to see a starting pitcher at all. You know, you're looking at relievers the whole way. So there's the biggest weakness of the team sort of uh, eliminated from this particular game. Beyond that, I mean, any any bullpen, no matter how great, can be beaten in one day. You know, you, any given any given Sunday kind of kind of thing does apply to baseball bullpens. Any reliever can be beaten any particular day. Um, so if you're going in saying my big strength is that my closer is great, well, that's not a very good thing to go in, I don't think, because that's the easiest thing to fall apart on a one-day sample. Beyond that, I, I suppose there's a bit of uh, a lack of experience around here. There's not a lot of guys on this team who have been in the playoffs before who have been in this kind of situation. So while I have no doubt in their ability to rise to the occasion, come in, you know, in, in the clutch situation, they were doing it all year, a ton of late in comebacks all year, a bunch of the walk-offs all year. It's a team and it's a lineup that absolutely does not give up. But hey, you never know. That, that one, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but that one game, you know, for all the marbles and the bright lights in New York, you never know who's going to clam up and, and, you know, go quiet for the day. So I would say bullpens are never a guarantee, and the Yankees have a little bit more experience and, of course, the home field advantage. 
So you mentioned that lack of experience, and it's also a, a surprise that the A's are here. You can say that a lot. I'm sure the fans didn't expect the A's to go out and win 97 games, especially when they were eight and a half games back of the division on July 1st, yet they were able to pull almost within even to the Astros. So what, what's what's the fan vibe in the Bay Area right now, now that um, you know they've had this unexpected success? I know there was, there was that article in Deadspin that talked about the state of the A's fan base and how there's still some animosity towards ownership but you know winning cures a lot of that so you know what what's the uh, atmosphere like in Oakland as they get ready for the A's biggest game in four years yeah hey everyone here we're all every bit as surprised as everyone else that this is happening I mean you know we knew that that this team was going to finally be on the upswing this year the second half of last year they were basically a 500 team and and that lineup that you see this year was already getting in place last year. So we knew they were going to hit, at least. They were going to be good in half of the game. Uh, so we were pretty sure they were going to climb out of last place, which is a good first step after three years there. But only the most optimistic had any real hopes of, of making the postseason like this. Um, you know, the, Including the fact that it took 97 wins just to get the second wild card. That was sort of one thing I was worried about was such a, such a top-heavy league. You know, that was what it was going to take. I mean, the Rays won 90 games and, and didn't even get close to the playoffs. And, and I figured that that would sort of be the A's best case scenario, would be maybe get up to those 90 wins and then find out that that was the wrong year to win 90. Uh, but nope, here we are. You know, they, they got hot. They, they won 97. A, a lot of things went right and only a few things went wrong. A few big things went wrong, like that starting rotation. But, you know, uh, enough that they could overcome it. As far as feelings toward you know toward the organization and the ownership yeah there's still there's still a bit of pain from you know from 2014 whether that is the general collapse and the UN assessment trade followed by the Josh Donaldson trade all that together uh, that that hurt a lot uh, a lot of fans a lot of fans who had sat through several rebuilds already and were okay with it got finally that was the last straw for them and you know it's going to take some time for them to, to come back from that but, like you said, winning cures all. Uh, this is certainly the first step. There are a lot of people now who are, who are ready to love again. And, uh, you know, this is an easy team to love and root for. Uh, but it's going to take more than this to really get everyone back on the program. It's going to require some actual progress on the stadium front, which, you know, it, it continues to just be little tiny updates here and there that don't really amount to much and, uh, you know, two steps forward, two steps back kind of thing. It's going to take real progress on the stadium, and it's going to take signing a couple of players, re-signing a couple of players, and that starts with Chris Davis this winter, and it continues with whoever makes sense in the next year or two, um, whether maybe you add in Jed Lowry this winter or what, but you, at least you have to re-sign Chris Davis this winter. Uh, regardless of your opinion on the baseball reasons and whether it makes sense cost-effectively and all that, uh, they're at a point right now where they need to show the fan base something they, they, they've got their attention back now, and this is the time to you know, hold on to it long term. Uh, you know, that's the next move they need to make, regardless of what happens this October. Yeah, and uh, signing Chris Davis, you, you know what you're getting in the average department as he's, he's proven for the last four years with that crazy stat of hitting 247 for four years in a row. It's pretty, pretty incredible. But, um, you know, you're talking about um, – the A's and, and sort of the payroll that they go into this game with. But uh, as Yankee fans in, in the mid to late 2000s, we saw 
scrappy kind of up-and-coming teams take down the Yankees several times in a short series uh, due to their vulnerabilities. Um, I'm just thinking from, from your perspective, what vulnerabilities do you see in the Yankees that you feel like you can take advantage of, like that you think that the A's match up good against the Yankees? Well, like I said, the A's can hit against anybody, uh, and they can certainly hit in a you know in a nice hitter's park like in New York. So right there, almost regardless of, of who is pitching against them, that's going to be something that Oakland has a chance to do is is just pile up some runs and win that way. Um, you know, otherwise, I'm not sure if there's a, a specific you know hole or weakness that I'm targeting. Um, uh, you know, the days in general like to knock that starter out as soon as they can and get into the bullpen. Of course, the Yankees have, you know, some some, uh, some good relievers to offer as well. And then, if, you know, of course, uh, I don't know, is, is Chapman back to full strength yet? Looks He's like been it. pitching much better, looking much better. But how you, how you feeling about it if he comes into the ninth inning right now? I'm shaking just thinking of it already. <laughs> is he even the one coming into the ninth, or is it someone else? Could be Britain at this point. Could probably be Britain, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that just you know goes to show the point of even even if you do knock a Yankee starter out early, it's kind of the same story as with Oakland, where there's a bunch of relievers right there behind them that you don't want to face. Also, um, so I mean, you know, the the way I think the A's beat the Yankees is by outscoring them. I'm okay. That sounded that sounded like the classic. You go score more with the other team, but you know what I mean. You got out out slug. You know, out power them. Uh, you know, you're not. I, I don't know that they're going to win this two to one. You know, they're going to win an eight to seven. It sounds like both teams are, are built pretty similar. We're, we'll, we'll be relying on on the long ball and uh, and hopefully running into a reliever that doesn't have his stuff that day. Um, so, sounds like maybe only you know uh, taking advantage of the pitching with your powers. What you think you can do? Is there anything about the Yankees that specifically scare you that that you're that you're focused in on? Uh, it could be, you know, something something like getting Judge back in the lineup, and it seems like he's healthy. Or is there is there any specific point in the lineup or, or in the bullpen that scares you as an Ace fan? You know, the, the nice you know the, this team has been good enough this year, and you can't always say this about even about a playoff team. Is that I feel like the only way the A's are going to lose games is, is if they lose. It, um, I feel like they can hang with anybody here. So the way the A's lose is if they show up in New York and just, you know, freeze deer in headlights and, and you know, get, get shut out by whoever. Or, you know, Familia or Rodney comes in and walks the bases loaded like we've seen them do a few times lately. In fact, I think Familia blew uh, one against the Yankees when you came to Oakland in September. You know, he came in and, and walked a couple guys and then turned a 1-0 lead into a whatever 5-1 loss. Um, you know, so, so that what I'm just afraid of is, uh, you know, beating ourselves like that. You know, having one of the one of the reliable setup guys come in and just hand it away like that. Um, otherwise, I feel like the A's can hang with anyone. You know, they split you know three and three with the Yankees this year. And from our perspective, you could make an argument that it really should have been four out of six with that replay overturn in New York back in May. Um, so I mean, I, of course, I take all these playoff teams seriously, and I mean. You'll be fair if you said the A's are, are just best out of five of these playoff teams, uh, but I know they can hang with anyone. And they uh, uh, see, I think it was since like June 16th, somewhere in mid June, they've got the best record in MLB, and also in the second half of the season, they have the best record in baseball. And so, I mean, you know, who's the best? The team with the with the best record for six months, or the team with the best record for the last three or four months? 
fair question. It is a fair question, and as you mentioned, the A's can hang with anyone. They've they've shown that at least since since June. So they can hang with the Yankees. Can they eventually take them out on the road? What's your prediction? How do you see this game playing out? And if you know, depending on the outcome, who's your um, who do you foresee being the quote unquote MVP of the game? Wise, I honestly I see this as just about a coin flip. I think these are two really well matched teams, and they also match up in each particular area. You know, I would consider the starting sort of the weak point. You know, the bullpen is the strength of the pitching staff, and the lineup can just drop bombs all day on, on both sides. And so, you know, like I say, I, I'd love to you know pick my team. Uh, just as uh, I'm sure you'd love to pick yours. I don't have a particular reason why one team is definitely going to win this over the other. Uh, you know, you, again, you might say home field advantage gives a little, a little bit, you know, New York's way, but I'm not even sure if that's the case. I just don't know how much home field matters in, you know, a short baseball series like this. It's a lot more in the other sports. Uh, and, and so I'm just kind of at a point of a coin flip. It's going to be, you know, whoever, uh, you know, wh- whoever takes advantage of a couple extra hanging curves and, and you know, whoever hits the most homers and whatnot. Um, as far as who could end up being, you know, an MVP for the A's, um, I could go a couple directions with that. It could end up, you know, being Blake Trinan, you know, who just turned in one of the best relief seasons ever in history. Uh, you know, it could be him coming into a tight game at the end. Maybe it does end up being low scoring, and he has to come in and, and save that two to one game with you know two or three innings of uh, of you know crazy relief. Could be him. You know, the, the easy pick on offense would be someone like, you know, Chris Davis or, or Matt Olson. But uh, the, 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 the bolder pick here would be Ramon Laureano, who is big rookie who came up really just, just for the last two months of the season. Uh, he, he, wasn't, he was only a kind of middling prospect. He wasn't the big top name, no top 100 list or anything like that. Um, but, I mean, he came up and all five tools showed out, and he's just been a monster everywhere. You know, on defense, you know, he's playing center field. He, he's already playing center field better than we've seen in years. You probably saw that throw he made from the left center wall, you know, 300 feet to get the guy out of first base on the fly, perfect you know, perfect throw. And, and then at the plate as well, you know, he's hitting, he's hitting for some power, he's still on some bases. I mean, he can absolutely fly. And so he's the kind of guy who, I, when I think of who's going to come up big in a, in a, you know, short playoff situation like this, he's the kind of guy who can make some plays. He's the kind of guy who can make that proverbial Jeter play where, like, oh, who else would have done that? You know, who else would have risen to that occasion and, and been capable of such a thing as that? Um, I could see someone like Ramon Laureano uh, uh, doing something big uh, and 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 really really feeling it. Uh, the other name, of course, is Matt Chapman, uh, who's, who's probably the best player on the team. You know, certainly statistically and, and by things like wins above replacement. You know, he's a, he's a he was arguably the best hitter on the team, and he's the best defensive player in baseball at any position. Uh, but I'm going I'm going to go with Ramon Laureano. He's he's a bold pick for for who does something just just kind of big almost out of nowhere and and ends up being an mvp type here all right there you have it alex hall of athletics nation with the uh, bold mvp pick alex thanks for joining us best of luck on wednesday i'm sure regardless of the outcome we will all walk away with more gray hairs than we went in with but best of luck to you hey thanks a lot you too guys
All right, good stuff from Alex Hall of Athletics Nation and and Sean. He he yeah, had a lot to say, but I think one of the more in- interesting ones was what he said before we hit the record button when we were just getting ready to do the interview and we were talking about who the starting pitcher was going to be for each team and, and he was he seemed to be drooling at the aspect of facing Severino and that the A's were really going to punish him and that they've had success against him this year. So so what do you make of that now that Severino is indeed going to get the start? Well, I guess he's in a good mood today. <laughs> I mean, he was very confident. Uh, he's very confident in the A's. I mean, but a team that wins 97 games and has the best record in baseball since the All-Star break, why, uh, why wouldn't you? Uh, he did seem to discount the home field advantage that the Yankees would have. I don't think I agree with that. I think that actually is something in this game. Um, we've, we saw it last year in the postseason. We saw it in Pittsburgh and with Johnny Cueto. And, you know, this is a game where the crowd is going to be fired up. So I, I think the Yankees will have a home field advantage. And, I mean, nobody knows what Severino is going to be tomorrow, but we know what he's capable of. So that, you know, that – and Severino has shown the, in his career – Sometimes he has those kind of fu revenge games. He's done it against Boston a couple of times when he's lost, and he um, is somebody that even CC Sabathia said that he's somebody that has to experience something uh, before he learns from it. And I think his failure last year in the postseason first game, we saw him learn from it and pitch better the rest of the postseason. Um, I think you'll see uh, a different Severino this year. I mean, we've we've seen Severino bounce back from multiple struggles, not just the wild card game, which he turned into a productive postseason in his next couple starts following that, but he also had an absolutely dreadful 2016, and people were questioning if he should just be put in the bullpen. And then he pop, bounces back in 2017, has a finishes third in the Cy Young voting, so he's he's no stranger to overcoming obstacles and getting back on track. So the Yankees will hope that's what he does on Wednesday night, and one thing that Alex did bring up that could potentially cost the A's a game is their lack of experience and maybe the moment getting getting too big for, for them. Do you buy into that? And also realizing that that could be a factor with a team like the Yankees who have a guy like Stanton playing in his first postseason game, two rookies in Andujar and Torres who are crucial to the Yankees lineup. So do you see that uh, becoming a factor on, on either side tomorrow night? Um, I think first time through the order, you might see that a little bit on both sides. But I think once you're into the game, you'll probably settle in unless you do something really stupid your first time through or in the field. And then it's you start to think about it. Um, but we've seen plenty of players in their first postseason perform, you know, ex- extremely well. Uh, the A's were complaining today about the media already, how much media was in the clubhouse. So it seems like the New York is disagreeing with them already. Um, so that might be a bigger adjustment for them. Torres always seems like a kid that's cool as a cucumber. Uh, I'm not worried about that. And, uh, you know, I, I think Stanton will like the crowd will be behind him from the get go, especially when they announce the, the lineups and everything. So I think that'll be, uh, you know, the Yankees will have the advantage early. We'll see where they go. I'm getting pumped up just thinking about it. So I know you've, wait, 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 you can't get pumped up because, <laughs> As a surprise guest, we actually have you as our surprise guest because Mr. Ryan Chichester will be covering the game from the press box at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I'm going to have to have my lips sealed. It's it's going to be an interesting experience. I, you know, obviously I'd want to advance a potential career more than I want the Yankees to advance this season, so I'm going to, you know, 
bite my tongue and keep my cool and be objective. But um, well, you can't do roll call from the press box. You know that. I didn't until now. I might have to turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep my cool, and, and you'll be able to let your emotions fly watching. Uh, are you are you going to the game, or have you decided? I know you were talking about going to the game. Um, I don't think I'm going to go. I have to go into work on Thursday and I have to wake up around 6 a.m. when I go to work. So I think I'll probably just play it from home. And, and I do have tickets if they play the Red Sox. So I'll, I'll go to the division series. And, um, yeah, I, you know, the tickets were absolutely ridiculously expensive for the wild card game too. Uh, so, so I passed on it, but We'll see what ha- we'll see what happens, and I'm very proud that you have this opportunity. But you know, you, you have to be professional, and and I'm also a little disappointed because I heard you're not representing the podcast. You're not your credentials do not say the bomber. Brothers. No, no, I, I sent them a picture of our logo, but they wouldn't put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so since you are the uh, professional expert here, uh, what is your prediction for the game? Uh, it's. It's t- it, again. This is a one-game crapshoot. Absolutely anything can happen. I I do have faith in the Yankees pulling it out. They've looked they've looked much better of late. Their their lineup is finally at full strength. Stanton has has been starting to really barrel the the ball up again. Luke Voigt's been on a tear. They kind of conquered that bullpenning, um, what's the, monkey that was on their back uh, in. Tropicana Field when they uh, took three of four from the Rays. Uh, Tyler mentioned it in the interview. That's a huge, I think was a huge step for the Yankees was, you know, going into a place where they haven't had success and beating a system that they haven't had success against. And that's a system that's going to be thrown at them uh, come Wednesday night. And I'm with you. I think home field is a huge, can be a huge factor. And I see the Yankees scoring first. Maybe it turns into a, a little bit of a back-and-forth affair, but I think the Yankees will eventually pull away with just hitting one or two more home runs than the A's do, and they uh, take a, a similar score as last year's wild card game, but a little closer. I, I'll say the Yankees come out with an 8-6 win, and, and then uh, and then we uh, are all joyous and excited and then realize that Boston's next, and then it's back to uh, chewing our fingernails off again. Well, I mean, if, if Boston is next, uh, you know, we, well, either way, we'll be podcasting with our reaction on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, I think you have a, a fair an analysis there. I don't know if the Yankees will be able to put up eight runs against that bullpen, though. That that does seem like a like a big task. Who who do you think the X factors are in, in your let, let's say the Yankees are giving up six runs. So and scoring eight. So who do you have as an, an offensive standout and who do you have on the pitching staff that's giving up all these runs that you think is going to have a tough time? So, um, I have faith in Severino. I'm not expecting him to, uh, give a performance like he did the last time he faced the A's, but I'm also not going to expect a performance like he was putting up before the all-star break. So I'll go somewhere in between. I'll say he, you know, he allows two or three runs over, um, you know, over four innings or something like that, and then the bullpen comes in. I, I could see a couple guys tripping up and giving up a home run or two somewhere. This is a really good A's lineup, so let's say maybe, let's say maybe Robertson tries to go multiple innings and, and gives up a home run in, in the late innings, and maybe Chad Green gives up a couple hits and 
and then Chapman and Britton and Batansis come on and, and close the door. So there's your hiccups by the Yankees pitching staff, but it will be aided by the offense led by, I think, I think judge. He, he, uh, finally got in the back in the home run column in Fenway. And I just, I, I maybe I, I, I see a two home run game from judge. Maybe he, uh, crushes a no doubter to left and then just laces one over the right field wall. And I, I, I see a big game from Aaron judge. He's going to be, He's going to be hyped up from from the crowd. He he seems like a guy who really eats up that stuff. He's always talking about how, you know, the stadium's going to be rocking and and I I could see Judge having a really big game. Two home runs from Judge. Two two homers. It's like Paul O'Neill and Seinfeld. Oh, do you see the uh commercial that MLB put out? It's it time was for the awesome. kids to play. It was oh, awesome. that was so cool. That was awesome. I, I I feel like guys like John Smoltz probably have a different reaction, but I loved it. I think it's exactly the kind of uh, PR maneuver that the MLB should be making is embracing the emotion that the players show nowadays. And the sad part is so many people that broadcast these games were probably, you know, scoffing at it, but whatever. Hopefully they come around sometime soon. But I loved it. It got me super pumped for the for the postseason and I, I thought it was great. And hey, I think the MLB, the uh, Statcast broadcast that they're doing on ESPN two is really enjoyable. I'm, I've been watching that for the Cubs Rockies game. Yeah, I was watching uh, that before we started recording. I, I liked it a lot too. That that when they show the outfielders and their uh, different uh, range ratings, it, it looks like you're looking at a Top Golf course in the outfield. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And plus, uh. I like Vascurgeon, but it's better than the rest of the the standard ESPN broadcast. All right. Well, you keep changing the subject because you, as as you've been telling me off the air, you keep going back and forth with your prediction. So, so spill the beans. What's going to happen? Well, at first I thought the A's, and then <laughs> the first, when I woke up this morning, I said I'm going to pick the A's, and then later I said I'm going to switch the Yankees, and then when we started podcasting, I was going to pick the A's, but now I'm going to pick the Yankees. <laughs> So um, it's a kiss of death, I, I think, to pick them. I actually bet against them. Uh, I figured if I put a little money on the game, then at least if the Yankees, if the Yankees lose, then I'll get um, a whole uh, thirteen dollars uh, <laughs> and fifty cents. <laughs> so uh, it'll be like visiting Grandpa Smitty, uh, <laughs> except not. Um, I, I I think the Yankees are going to win this game, and I I kind of made up my mind while we were talking through it. I just. I think when you bring in that many relievers, especially in a big game like this, the moment will get to one of them or one of them won't have their command. And I think that there, there's more volatility in the A's bullpen while they are very good. I see more guys uh, that could have a p- potential blow-up, whether it be a Kelly or, um, or a Familia or Fernando Rodney, uh, I, I think one of those three guys will have a bad inning, or or, or be it in, in in the first inning where the, the Yankees get to them. And I think the Yankees, um, having a bunch of guys that have pitched in, in pressure pack games before, uh, I think they have an advantage there. And I also think that while the A's lineup is tremendous, the Yankees lineup, now that it's at full strength, with a healthy judge um, and a Stanton that's, that started to come out of it, is uh, is just there's no rest in there. I mean, when you're throwing up, uh, as you put in your Pinstripe Alley article, Andujar, Sanchez, and Torres, seven, eight, and nine. Uh, I mean, 
you know, there is no there is no landing spot. So I think that the Yankees lineup is just too too um, circular to to overcome. I, I agree with you. I think a couple of those A's relievers could have a hiccup, and and the key for the Yankees will just be to take advantage of that. We've seen far too many times the Yankees load the bases and and not come through. I just with with the home crowd at their side, I, I see them coming through tomorrow night. So we both have the Yankees. I'm sure tomorrow that'll switch for. Definitely you. Maybe both of us will have changed our minds by then. But um, we we hope everyone enjoys the game as, as much as possible. I know it's uh, tough to enjoy these do-or-die situations. And, again, two teams combined for 197 wins playing one game for their postseason lives. Hopefully something about the playoff format changes in, in the near future. I don't know what exactly they can do to change it, but... These two teams, it, it just doesn't feel like they should be playing in a one-game playoff. But here we are, and uh, we, we hope everyone enjoys it. Sean, don't uh, get too many gray hairs watching tomorrow. And um, I already have a lot of those. <laughs> well, in, enjoy the game, and, and hopefully our, our reaction post-Thursday is uh, previewing um, another chapter of baseball's greatest rivalry. Hopefully, have fun at work. Since you can't enjoy the game, you have to work at the game. But uh, have a good time. Uh, I'm proud of you for the opportunity, and remember, you're not allowed to cheer. I'll try my best. We'll see everyone on Thursday. All right, let's go, Yanks.